Welcome to Orbital Times Podcast, and hello to everyone, whatever part of the globe you're from or happen to reside in. My name is Kelly Joe, and here we'll provide armchair conversations gathered from interviews and research reviews to explore the seen, the unseen, and the in-between of the supernatural paranormal phenomena, with topics that circle around spirit orbs, NDEs, OBEs, UFOs, time slips, mystical moments, higher consciousness, and more. I hope that this cast will be our meeting place and judge-free zone where we can explore, learn, and grow through the telling of. This cast will be launched on a monthly basis or a bi-weekly schedule whenever I'm able to make contact with those in the know for their telling of. Speaking of those in the know and the telling of, have you had mystical moments or other supernatural paranormal experiences? Care to share on this cast? Then consider stepping into the light with your telling of or send in your monologue for me to read on this podcast. Simply email orbicaltimespodcast at gmail.com for a chance to contribute to this cast. The first time that I can recall hearing the name Haint Blue was from my husband in response to my question, what color of paint should we use for this area? The area I was referring to was an area in our new digs, a home we recently purchased. Haint Blue? he said. What is it? I replied. Haunt blue. It's a color traditionally used to keep ghosts trapped or confused. Wow, he uttered the word ghost, perhaps an episode in and of itself. That reply lingered with me for a while. Why would anyone want to use a color that is associated with spirit entrapment? And why blue? Hmm... That conversation was the seed for this podcast, and, as I stated before, what I offer up on topics is by no means definitive information. I mean, obviously. In this colorful episode, I'm talking indigo as in paint and the plant, and as a sidebar, the law, which will circle around the origin of haint blue, and since I'm talking haint, or haunt, or ghost blue in regards to dwellings, I'm going to include some information about a law that is referred to as the ghost buster law. So, buyer or seller, beware. Today, the color haint blue or the colloquial term haunt blue, equates to, for the most part, shades of pale bluish-green and typically used in the southern states to paint porch ceilings. The haint blue paint color, a sky blue or robin-aid color when mixed with milk paint, originally derived from the colonial cultivated indigo plant's leaf, which produced indigo-colored dye that was mainly used for export from the colony of South Carolina Low Country to England to be used in the textile industry. The word indigo means the Indian, or from India. It's believed that the ancient people of India's subcontinent may have been the first to domesticate a plant that could produce a blue-colored dye. They may have been the first to domesticate, but other countries, such as China, Japan, Latin America, and Africa, had access to and utilized the indigo plants. The word indigo represents color, and as previously mentioned, a plant. A plant with over 750 species of indigo, ranging from trees to herbs to shrubs. 
Their terrain encompassed tropical areas such as parts of India, Africa, Latin America, and subtropical areas of China and the coastal areas of southern USA. Indigo seeds arrived with the English settlers back in 1670 with an initial strategy to cultivate the plant for its dye. That idea never blossomed due to other revenue generators such as tobacco and the sugarcane crops. The 1732 establishment of the Southern Colony was for the primary purpose of creating a mercantile. It was hoped that this system would further fuel England's prosperity and growth with the exporting of commodities from new lands back to the old. This became a strategic move when England encountered import-export trade interruptions in their supply chain due to the war between France and Spain, and was thus unable to access indigo and other exotic goods through their usual routes. The exotic indigo dye only began export from the colony around the mid-1700s to the late 1790s. Latin American indigo seeds were primarily used in South Carolina as it produced a beautiful blue dye. Indigo, or indigo dye stuff, became the colony's second most valuable export, next to rice. Although indigo was a profitable crop, it was an expensive endeavor due to the production cost for the numerous quantity of vast that were required in order to extract the dye from the indigo leaf via a fermentation process. Dr. Nick Butler, author of Indigo in the Fabric of Early South Carolina, writes, quote, One set of vats for every six or seven planted acres of the crop, 200 acres of indigo would require the construction of at least 30 sets of production vats, end quote. The cultivating of plants and the labor-intensive dye production of the 18th century was done, for the most part, by enslaved African people and their descendants, later referred to as the Gullah and Geechee people. According to How Stuff Works, the lore of the Haints in the U.S. can be traced back to the Low Country, a 200-mile, 322-kilometer area of coastal South Carolina and Georgia. The area became home to the Gullah Geechee slaves and their descendants brought to America from West and Central Africa. The Gullah and the Geechee peoples of Georgia have retained, since their arrival in the mid-1700s, many of their African traditions, such as their cuisine, crafts, and of course, their spiritual beliefs. The name Gullah and Geechee is now recognized to belong to those whose ancestry were from West and Central Africa. The name may have derived from any one of several African ethnicities or areas such as those that were first transported over to the southern colony from Angolia and is speculated to inhabit the area of the southeastern coastline of Carolina to Florida, also known as the Gullah Coast. The name Gullah is now the accepted name of the descendants from West Africa that now live in South Carolina. Geechee refers to the islanders of Georgia. The Gullah Geechee inhabit South Carolina to Amelia Island, Florida, also now referred to, again, as the Gullah Coast. Haint means ghost. 
Using ghost blue paint was just one of Gullah's tactics that was incorporated into their practice of protection against the not-so-nice spirits that might have been lingering around the in-between. Gullahs of the Low Country, a subtropical climate in the southern states, believe that blue is a commanding and inescapable color to use as a form of shielding against haints or ghosts. And use they did in the form of milk paint that was mixed with the blue dye from the indigo plant, a.k.a. haunt blue. More than likely, it was the dry dye residue from fermented indigo leaves from inside the wooden or brick vats that was incorporated into a paint mixture made of milk, lime, ash, or lye, which created the lighter shade of blue, which could then be used as a type of protection paint against evil spirits for the dwellings of those enslaved. And paint they did. Haint blue milk paint was applied to porch ceilings, doors, and windowsills of lodgings because the blue color was thought to trick spirits into believing that they had stumbled into either water, which, according to their legend, they cannot cross. However, if that didn't float the ghost's boat, the blue could also mimic the sky, causing spirits to fall further away from their intended target. In addition to repelling spirits, haunt blue paint was thought to ward off insects. However, it may have been the lie in the milk paint that kept some insects away. A splash of blue history. Blue has been used in art and decoration, although other colors like red and purple and pink were front runners for use as dye colors. Today, commercial indigo is, for the most part, synthetically made, but historically indigo was extracted from plants that were native to parts of India, Asia, and Africa. The Egyptian deity Amun, hope I pronounced that correctly, was said to be capable of invisible flight after turning his skin blue. In medieval times, blue dye was made in England, Germany, and France from wood, a flowering plant belonging to the mustard family that produced a blue dye color, also known as wood. Julius Caesar reported that the Celts and the Germans dyed their faces blue to frighten their enemies. Today, parts of the Mediterranean, like Greece, wear blue in the form of symbols to protect against evil, or perhaps, more precisely, against the evil eye. And speaking of superstition, let's circle back to the southern states to a type of blue used in some of the crepe myrtle trees. Empty blue glass vessels would also be hung and placed on tree branches to ward off evil spirits. Blue glass bottles were hung on trees for protection to trap spirits. Some believe that spirits would either flee upon seeing the bottles or be entrapped in the bottles by way of greasing the throats of the bottles to assist in the overnight capture and confinement of negative spirits. That is, until the morning sun arose, which would ensure the spirits' death and kill them. I mean, again, I guess. By 1775, South Carolina had exported more than one million pounds of the dried indigo to England, but after the American Revolution, the mercantile links between Americas and the British dismantled due to prohibitions and exportation of most goods imposed by England. 
By 1783, South Carolina tried to sell their indigo product elsewhere, however, without much success due to the popularity for the indigo product produced by French and Spanish colonies. Quote, by the early 1790s, there was a worldwide oversupply of indigo dye, and South Carolina planters realized that chasing after indigo profits like they had before the war was now a futile endeavor, end quote. Nick Butler. If you're interested in painting your porch ceiling blue, well, check out Sherwin-Williams, a paint company that used to sell hot blue paint. However, I believe that paint is no longer available. They do have a paint called Waterscape, which seems to capture the essence of the hot blue color. Perhaps they should have called it Water Can't Escape, based on the folklore surrounding the color. For an informative read regarding indigo in the South, I encourage you to visit Dr. Butler's very informative paper, Indigo in the Fabric of Early South Carolina, and a link to that is on my website, orbicaltimes.com. My next installment will be called Ghostbuster Law, which I may implant within this episode, or I'll leave it for the next. So now I know something I didn't know before. I hope that you caught some new information here as well. We never did paint that section or any other section of our home haunt blue. After reading the history behind the history, I took a pass on a color that dealt with entrapment. I hope you join me in the next episode on whatever podcatcher you use for part two entitled Ghostbuster Law, which will circle around the first house in the United States to legally be declared haunted, and an interview with a man who has his own experiences with said house. I'll leave it at that for now. Thank you for taking your time to visit these Orbical Times. I would like to keep this cast a commercial-free zone. In light of that, please consider subscribing to my YouTube channels. All my orb videos are available by using the handle at Spirit Orb Sightings, or visit my new channel with the handle at Orbital Times Podcast. If you've already subscribed, many thanks. For blogs, episodes, show notes, bios, images, and video, please visit www.orbicaltimes.com. If you enjoyed an episode, then please give a like or a share on whatever podcatcher you happen to use. If you've already done so, much appreciated. Thank you for taking your time to visit these Orbical Times. Orbical Times podcast is written, produced, edited, and hosted by me, Kelly Joe at Studio Spare Room.